Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about AEW and NXT, two amazing shows. We talk about NXT, you know, World Tag Team Championship match, but it's all about Adam Cole and Pat McAfee that could be leading to a match at NXT TakeOver 30. We talk about that. Also, what a story between John Moxley and Darby Allin for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We talk about that and talk about story. What about the debate, the return of Eric Bischoff on TNT and a wonderful debate between Jericho and Orange Cassidy. We talk about it all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's start with NXT because, Tommy, it wasn't really about the match between those two teams. It's what happened outside the ring that really made news for NXT last night. You know, and this has been going on for about a week. It's been a great setup. And obviously, we're going to get to a Pat McAfee-Adam Cole match and executed great. And, Dave, I haven't seen... An execution done like this, and it's so weird because it's usually from an outsider, but it really did remind me, and I was, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember I was just kind of in the business and with Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. And I used to call that the shove herd around the world because, you know, growing up a gigantic Lawrence Taylor fan and just, and I was like, whoa, what went down? Like that wasn't, it was Real as real could get to me. And last night, those guys blurred the line, and you have to do that in today's climate. And they didn't, both guys did an excellent job uh, from Pat McAfee punting Adam Cole, though he could get heat with Randy Orton for doing the punt. But one's a kicker, one's a punter. I get it. And then, uh, you know, the whole having Triple H involved, Shawn Michaels out there, it was really, really done excellent. And, if this was, I wish there was fans here because it would be great reactions. And obviously, if this match was in Indianapolis, where Pat played his entire you know career, would be amazing. So uh, 
it's very, very interesting uh, dynamic what's going on in NXT with with those two because they seriously set the table last week and they delivered uh, big time last night. Yeah, and you know what? Like when it comes to you know Lawrence Taylor, who may be you know arguably the greatest player in NFL history, definitely top three, definitely to me the greatest linebacker of all time, next to you know Derek Brooks. Uh, but when you look at Pat McAfee. You know, he is mainstream. Pat McAfee, you know, people know him from the world of the NFL. I know he was a punter, but that guy went beyond just being a punter in the NFL, Tommy. I mean, that guy was, you know, boisterous. You know, he made tackles. He talked trash. You know, uh, he got in trouble and made news that way, too. You know, he's, he's a bit of a rebel. And then he has kind of flirted in the world of pro wrestling, doing some commentating, you know, hosting on pre-shows for NXT. And he's actually done some commentating on SmackDown as well. You know, you could tell he's passionate and has a love for pro wrestling. He's been on this show many, many times, Tom. He was a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration. He was part of our SummerSlam coverage as well just a couple of years ago in Brooklyn. So he has a love and passion uh, for pro wrestling. And I like to see that, you know, this isn't just a grab for Pat McAfee to grab some attention. You know, he truly loves the WWE and truly loves the NXT brand. And this is something Tommy. Now I got a lot of flack for it, but this is why, like I was so upset about the Carrie Sane tweet from uh, last week. And the fact that, you know, three minutes after the beatdown, she's tweeting out thank yous to everybody and talking about how she's leaving and, and, and sending out goodbyes. And listen, Sane can do that. I'm not saying that she can't. But three minutes after that beatdown, it was hard for me to digest because you wanted the, you know, the characters and the personality to play this out. Because like you said, Tommy, it's about blurring the lines. That's why I like Pat McAfee so much. And you talk about blurring the lines. Right after that show last night, Pat McAfee tweeted this out. He says, how much was I supposed to take from this beta who is a maniac, blows up on my show, breaks shit, and pushes tie? Then I take time out of my honeymoon so we can hang out. Then he loses his mind again, assaults me with a bottle, and I'm the one that gets kicked out. How is that fair? That I love that because now you're like, all right, what's going on here? Is it real? Is it a work? Does it even matter? Are you invested? The answer is yes, because Pat McAfee's invested. He's not tweeting out right after that show. Hey, it's great. It was great to be on NXT. Wow. What a joy to be a part of it. No, he's pissed off and he's showing it on social media. That's how you play it out. That's somebody from outside the business knowing what's right for business, Tommy. Absolutely. And you know, Pat, I remember the first time seeing him because again, most people don't talk about punter punters. I mean, I could probably Ray guy is the only punter that, rolls off my tongue just talking about it, a Hall of Famer, because he was also a number one draft pick by the Raiders. And uh, Sean Landetta, another one. But And I'm a gigantic NFL fan. What I'm trying to say is, here's a guy who got noticed by doing Rob Van Dam's uh, 
signature pose. He would do wrestlers poses mm-hmm. uh, when he would ha- hit a great punt. He was always over the top. You know, he's a competitor. And, you know, he's also, you know, like you said, boisterous. I think if we gave Pat McAfee a couple of uh, La Greca daddy sodas, he would uh, be even more boisterous because I remember seeing him when he was on the Busted Open uh, reunion. And I was just like, yeah, this guy's a little hammered. But <laughs> he's he's very, very charismatic. He's also in really, really good shape. If you look at uh, he's got some big arms on him. I mean, he's, he's a professional athlete, man. And a lot of people are like, Oh, he's just a punter or a kicker, man. They still got to train super duper hard. They got to take some hits. He's got, he has an it factor to him. I mean, obviously he, he's done well outside of football, which as you know, Dave, cause you work for the NFL for so long, a lot of guys don't do well outside of the NFL, but he's excelling. He's excelling cause he's a, he's been a fan and this entire like, scenario will get mainstream press because you know he was he was an excellent football player he has his own podcast he, he's a very out there personality he he works with the nfl as well he does he does a lot so uh this is going to be very very interesting it has us talking about it. it has a lot of the people it ended nxt it has a lot of people talking about it it, it caught that buzz is what you want to do and, and on the other hand if you talk about aew and catching a buzz another great time for storytelling mm-hmm. and, and you and I were talking about it and you know, yes, I'm a wrestler. Uh, you're an, an analyst and you were like, you, you, you said you don't have, cause you moved, you don't have your clock set up and you were so invested in the main event of AEW and you weren't like, cause sometimes like you've been doing this so long, you get a little jaded and you're great because you never lose that fandom. But without you having to check the clock, like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. And just buying into all those false finishes, it made you enjoy the match even more. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach. And I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. I posted a picture on social media last night, right after that match, at David LaGreca one at Busted Open Radio, of Moxley like holding Darby Allen right after that match, and Moxley's bleeding, and it's just it's it it's very picturesque as a wrestling fan, and like, and there were some people on social media that were like, oh, now that just knocks Darby Allen back to the mid card. Are you nuts? That match, Tommy, last night. That made Darby Allen a main event. The story that was told between those two, if you did not watch it, go back and watch it. It was maybe one of my favorite matches so far this year. Really? Wow, that's one hell of an endorsement. Yeah, man, listen, Darby has all these different it factors and a connectability with an audience, even though an audience isn't there, but he's someone that you really, really want to watch. He reminds me of a young Jeff Hardy, and he's just, he reminds me of Jeff Hardy meets The Undertaker, and he's just so different, but that difference is what attracts you to him. He's not the biggest guy. He never will be the biggest guy. He has that 
Rey Mysterio-esque vibe, though he's a little taller than Rey Mysterio. But going toe-to-toe with the champ like he did is, like you said, elevated him to the next level. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm sitting back and saying, wow, what a roster do I currently have? But also what a roster I have in the next two to three years with MJF, with Darby Allen, with um, Jungle Boy. There's a lot of people who are super duper young and are primed to take over this business. And if I'm AEW again owner, I'm like, wow, like I know that I have a longevity and a future in so many different talents. And yes, that match, the guy wouldn't kept on kicking out. And think of it, John Moxley, you know, from his career in WWE and now being, you know, the face of AEW, he's a great wrestler. I've wrestled him. He's, he's on top of his game. And for having a match like that, it's, it's almost old school where Ric Flair would have a competitive match with anyone, even like Mike Jackson told us the story on one of a podcast where he made people were believing that Mike Jackson that night was going to win the world title. And that's how yep. good John Moxley is. And the fact that Darby Allen, you know, doesn't lose every week on television, but just, he has this, this weird connectiveness with the audience and his offense is so unique and he's just, he's the ultimate underdog in the sense of you, he's, you got to watch him. And the fact that him and John Moxley went that route, it was great. You know, and, and Tommy and everything you said is, is a hundred percent true, but what they did last night for Darby Allen was this Darby Allen has just been a reckless. He's a rebel. He doesn't give a shit about anything. He's just going out there and just creating a mess and, co- and causing havoc. And you know what, for a younger audience, the, you know, that AEW kind of, you know, you know, guideline and dynamic. That's what the fan kind of gravitates to is somebody like a Darby Allen. But what he was able to do in that match last night was take it to the next level. The reason why I posted that picture like I did on social media of Moxley holding him, because first of all, Moxley in a lot of ways has been like that. Moxley's early career was all about that. If you go back and watch John Moxley when, you know, he was with Evolve or Dragon Gate, He was Darby Allen. And at some point, you know what? He wanted more from the business. And you can't tell me the story that they told last night that Darby Allen wasn't fighting for that championship. That means it's more than just being a rebel and causing havoc. It's called love and passion. It's just like what we were talking about earlier. I saw that in Darby Allen in that matchup last night. He just wasn't just a faceless, nameless rebel. He became somebody that, to me, it could be a main eventer and could be a champion. He told me that story last night. He wasn't giving up. There was no way he was going to give up. And I think that he not only gained the respect of everyone that was watching, but he gained respect of that champion. And it's seeing John Moxley hold and embrace him in his arms because he just saw somebody that was him 10 or 15 years ago beautiful story in that main event last night absolutely and you know going back to an early john moxley and that's when i did wrestle him uh he did produce these dark videos he did produce he was different and 
you know, we saw his growth in, in NXT and then WWE. He's a totally different person. And he's, you know, one of the bigger stars to leave WWE and go to AEW and be in the face of the company. And yeah, he still has that, that rough, like outsider edge about him, which is a cool factor. And exactly what you said with um, Moxley being different and Darby being different. And it's also, Dave, it, it was two baby faces, two good guys yep. putting on a, pro, a hell of a match and a hell of a performance. But like, you're not going to sit there and be like, man, I hate John Moxley for beating Darby Allen or I hate Darby Allen for losing. There's, it, was, it was a highly competitive match and and that's what AEW was all about the wrestling i mean you go back and, and it didn't have um kind of like the all japan feel when it was like mazawa versus kobashi or or these great it, it was just a great athletic competition with a guy who had heart and passion and you're talking to someone who was labeled as in having heart and passion and never giving up and if you want to talk about ultimate underdog or the ultimate where fans are saying, Oh, it, it hurt Darby Allen to, to your point. Think of the movie Rocky. Think about movie Rocky. Number one, which was an amazing backstory written by Sylvester Stallone directed. Guess what? He lost in the movie. Yeah. But guess what that made? You wanted to see Rocky too. Formula one racing on Sirius XM precision performance and speed. Sunday, celebrate Formula One's 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Pre-race coverage starts at 8 a.m. Eastern, then go live to England's Silverstone Circuit at 9 Eastern for turn-by-turn racing action. Followed by a complete post-race recap. F1 Racing on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211. We're at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Mentioning this, Triple H was a guest on Get Up on ESPN and kind of threw out the challenge to Pat McAfee. Triple H pissed off about the fact that Pat McAfee made that scene on NXT and was like, listen, if you got the guts, I'd love to see you in the ring with Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver 30, which, again, is August 22nd. So here we are saying, is it going to happen? Sounds like that's the road that they're taking. And Izzy may be right in Pat McAfee and Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver. Well, he looks like he's in good shape, and hopefully he has been training. Like I said last segment, man, it's a whole other world. Hopefully uh, he has been training because when the eyes of the world are upon you, you have to step up and be able to have a very, very good match, especially nowadays. Yeah, and uh, you know what? It does have to end with Pat McAfee getting destroyed by Adam Cole if this match happens at TakeOver, correct? I mean, you know, you can't tell me that Pat McAfee could get into wrestling unless he's been training on the side that we don't know about. You can't step into the ring in two weeks and then expect to go up against somebody like Adam Cole and win. I would have uh, Sam Roberts be his manager as well. Pat McAfee's manager, Adam Coles. Sam Roberts, uh, Pat McAfee. Why, you want people to hate Pat McAfee more? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went went on Pat's social media, and he's got pictures of him and uh, Sam. 
And he was also like there. They did the panels together. Yeah. No, no. They hated their guts. So it's good. Yeah. And and, and Sam Roberts, Sam Roberts has been a heel on these on these pre-shows that he's been involved with as well. So, you know, if there's going to be some kind of radio rush, get me involved, please. Also, Pat McAfee just tweeted out. But then again, it's the WWE. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't hire me. Vince McMahon probably heard my last rant and says, you know, get that LaGreco kid out of here. Uh, Pat McAfee just tweeted a minute ago, a lot just happened. A lot just happened. That's what Pat McAfee tweeted. So I'm guessing he's talking about the challenge that Triple H threw down. When, listen, man, I'm 49 years old. I prepared for a match with Moose. I was running hills. I was, because I can't get into a wrestling ring. I was trying my best to diet. I was trying my best to work out every day because I did not want to embarrass myself on pay-per-view. And I was really, really happy with my match. It's hard when you're not wrestling weekly. I'm wrestling probably monthly, which is the furthest setback that I've had since I first started wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I made sure I was... I went out there and I was still somewhat Tommy Dreamer and very, very proud of my match. And the world was watching. This will be even bigger ramifications. It will show how great Adam Cole is. And just, you know, if they're going to rush this, which it is rushed, then, hey, Pat McAfee has to step up and hopefully he's been training. We'll find out. I mean, he should be calling you. You were Bully. I mean, Bully's got the school, 3D Academy. Uh, Bully's sure. got to jump on this. <laughs> the training? Yeah. If me and Bully would train him, they would uh, show every clip and I wouldn't be there. It'd be the power <laughs> of editing. It'd Get Mark like- Henry involved. Mark Henry, Mark Henry loves Pat McAfee. There you go. Mark and Bully, they'll have a great training session with it. Just leave me out of it. They, I wouldn't exist anyway, so it's okay. Let's go out to Malik. I don't, dude. You're you're the innovator of violence. You're the landlord of the House of Hardcore. You're a legend, Tommy. Not in some worlds. Let's go out to Malik in Florida. Malik, what do you think of Pat McAfee and Adam Cole? Good morning, guys. Uh, I thought the uh, segment was uh, very well done last night. I thought they telegraphed the whole uh, twenty feet apart thing a little bit. Um, you knew it was coming, so I think they put a little extra on that that was unnecessary. But overall, I love the segment. And when Pat started walking out of the arena and then he came back and punted Adam and told him he was a little bitch, I said, amen. Amen. I'm not really a fan of Pat, but when he said that, I kind of got on his side a little bit because the way I feel about Adam, he's one of the most talented stars to ever come through NXT. But honestly, to me, he's just a talented bitch. And his title reign is bullshit. He wouldn't even been the champion that long had it not been for his UE brothers coming in to his title defense matches. He wouldn't have been champ that long. He's too yeah, but Malik, for that. Malik, you're forgetting something, though. All right, Pat McAfee doing commentating, special guest commentator for NXT last night, and then talking trash about a professional wrestler. You know, hey... You know, that would be the equivalent of Adam Cole being on an NFL sideline and on the Colts sideline and, and, and bitching about the quarterback. There's a respect factor there, too. 
And Anna, you know, and and Pat McAfee being a guest and walking into that world and out loud bitching and moaning about Adam Cole, that's being disrespectful to not only Adam Cole, but disrespectful disrespectful to the world of pro wrestling i think that's what trip that's what triple h is doing this isn't a vince mcmahon where he's like hardy har har we're gonna get some mainstream attention now triple h is pissed off he has a right to be you know he's giving he's getting this guy in as a guest and he's being disrespectful that's why i have my respect level for triple h is up here and that's why my respect level for vince mcmahon is down here because one has respect for the for the business and the other one doesn't. Triple H has my respect because he respects the business, especially by having the attitude and the anger that he has this morning. Again, if Triple H was in this room, I would kiss him. And you shouldn't be kissing anybody because there's a pandemic going on. He shouldn't even be that close to me. But I would embrace him. I would hug him. I would kiss him. He would probably push me away. He would be angry. So distancing and all that but that's how much respect and love i have for triple h in this moment because it's about respect malik so you You as a malik really quick you as a wrestling fan you should be rooting for adam cole and booing pat mcafee so malik tell me when they face each other tell me you're gonna root for adam cole based on your love and passion for pro wrestling and respect that you have and you're gonna boo pat mcafee you know what i don't like pat i rock with adam cole but i'm telling you right now if i see one of them ue boys come out and help adam then i want his ass kicked do it on your own man i'm so sick and tired of his matches ending with fish and whoever else coming out to help him you don't get no respect for that for me. So if well, you want some respect for me as a fan, then do it yourself, bro. Well, you know what? He's but Tommy. He's going to have to. I mean, Malik is right. I mean, if he needs help to beat Pat McAfee, then exactly. everything Malik is saying about Adam Cole is a hundred percent true. Malik the freak. Yeah, Malik the freak. He's on it. I like how he thinks. Good um, stuff. If you need help to beat a punter then you don't get no respect from me. I'm sorry. This man has less than, than, than a month to train, and you need help? Come on, man. Come on. I mean, Malik, I can't disagree with you there. But, we, but the match hasn't happened. First of all, we got to see if Pat McAfee even accepts the challenge. we got to see if that happens. Triple H, from what I'm saying, I don't watch that. What's, what's the name of the show? Under, undercover, good, Get Up, Good Morning. Like, I don't watch that, obviously, because I'm doing this show. But like from what I hear, Triple H was pissed. Do we, Gabby? Do we have the audio? Of we do, we do. All right. Just so courtesy of uh, Get Up from ESPN this morning, here's Triple H on Get Up. This is where it becomes interesting. Pat McAfee wants to be famous. He wants his name and lights. He wants it to trend on social media. I'm the guy that can make his dream come true. So Pat, now's your opportunity. You want to be famous? Just so happens, coincidentally, as things happen in the WWE and in NXT, we have a big takeover pay-per-view in a few weeks, August 22nd, NXT TakeOver 30. My call out to Pat McAfee is put your money where your mouth is. Let's see how bad you are. Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole on that stage. Massive match. Let's see what you got, Pat. You think you're the tough guy? There's going to be no pads. There's going to be nobody kicking the ball. There's just going to be two guys one-on-one going at it. And my bet, my bet 
is that while Pat can run his mouth well, and I'm sure he's a tough guy, that he walks out with Adam Cole's boot sticking out of his butt. Pat McAfee, Adam Cole, one-on-one, if Pat has the guts to say yes. That's all he's got to do at this point in time. He wants my attention. He's got it. Let me make his dream come true. It might be his nightmare. I mean, I, I love what Triple A, he's not, he's not saying, you know, promoting what Pat McAfee's doing next week. This isn't some promotion for a movie. You know, he's not going to go and embarrass anybody. Triple H is pissed. Triple H is like, you're stepping in my world, pal. All right. So you might have been able to kick a ball 50 yards. Yay. Not going to help you in that ring with Adam Cole because you're going to leave with Adam Cole's boot up your ass. I mean, great stuff. From I thought great stuff. Boy, what, what a good job by Triple H there. Absolutely. Promoting his product and promoting the brand. And Dave, I know you're very, very passionate about professional wrestling. I know you're very, very uh, you're liking where it's going. It's already taken a turn where we're probably going to see his match where you wanted to see a bigger build, and yes, it's probably going to happen because I said we live in a small world. But please remember and never forget that NXT is owned by? It's, it's owned by the WWE and, and Vince McMahon. So just because he let somebody else play with his toy and baby, um, he's still the owner. He can go in and change anything he wants at any time. He just doesn't really care about it, I don't think. It well, I mean, like but, this and that's why I like it. That's why I, I like it, Tommy. That's I why I love it. It may be, it may be uh, Vince McMahon's side piece, if you will. I don't care. The fact that I, the fact that he doesn't put his hands on it, the fact that he doesn't get involved with it, the fa- the fact that he's not invested in it, the fact that I hear reports he doesn't even watch it. And the fact that it's the, it's without a doubt, Tommy, it's not even fucking close. It's the best WWE product that there is. It blows SmackDown and Raw out of the water. Out of the water. You can hear every MLB game on Sirius XM. In a 60-game sprint to the postseason, you can't afford to miss a single pitch. Every at-bat matters. And in a season unlike any other, you need MLB Network Radio's experts more than ever. You've got new rules, which means new strategy, which means new chaos. Join the conversation on Sirius 209 XM 89. Every game through the last out of the World Series is on Sirius XM and the Sirius XM app. Let's talk about the debate. Let's talk about a master debater. (laughs) Jericho? Jericho, Orange Cassidy, and the return of Eric Bischoff to TNT. My God, I thought I was in a time warp. My anger was just surging to my head when I saw it. Yeah, to see Bischoff come out there, the return of Bischoff onto TNT, where, you know, he kind of conquered at one point, you know, over 20 years ago. And to be back and to be a part of that debate was, was awesome. Jericho, as always, was fantastic. And Orange Cassidy, you know, saying nothing until the global warming question came was funny as hell. You know, a little, uh, a little homage to old school there. But again, entertaining, funny, and that's what Jericho's been doing. And Orange Cassidy, you know what? I kind of love it 
Because Jericho is, you know, a former champion. Jericho is a main eventer. Jericho is a top 10 wrestler of all time. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And there he is with Orange Cassidy. At first, you're like, what? Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho? But you're buying into it now. And what a great job by AEW. We talked about how they built up Darby Allen to be you know, perceived as a main eventer. They're doing the same thing to Orange Cassidy. So kudos to AEW Creative. Yeah, man. They rode this Orange Cassidy wave that, just got over with the fans. It resonated. It was so great, so special. And guess what? They've also still kept him special and kept him true to his gimmick. And you're talking to someone who's been in the ring with him. And when I didn't understand his gimmick and when he first explained it to me, and it was live on pay-per-view. And once I heard the crowd, I was like, this is it. And I've tagged with him. I've wrestled him. I love Orange Cassidy. He has this amazing, another it, it factor. And here's what I will tell you about this. Gimmicks are short-lived, but gimmicks that can work will live forever, especially in wrestling. And Orange Cassidy and the stuff he's done with Chris Jericho, has anyone said, and you know this goes back to the Moxley Darby Allen comment, will anyone say that Chris Jericho uh, isn't a Hall of Famer, isn't one of the best heels in the business, because of this stuff he's doing with Orange Cassidy or if Orange Cassidy beat him. No, man, it took Orange Cassidy to the next level. And that's what great workers do. And like I said, AEW has great workers. And I wish Bully had some power because one time when we were on this show, we got into it about Chris Jericho being a top heel. And he was just like, he didn't view him that way as being hated. And you said something before when you were like, I love how Jericho said, you want it? I'm going to kick your ass. Go get him, Hager. And that's what makes him a great, amazing heel. Yeah. Because he was going to have somebody else do his work for him. And the whole thing with him and uh, Bischoff was great because they had real heat for a long time because that's a big reason why Jericho left uh, WCW was because of Eric Bischoff. It was and, you know, I also really, the, <clears throat> a silver lining on this pandemic era, uh, you said it, it leaked out right towards the end, but a lot of spoilers are not getting leaked out. Like, you know, Eddie Kingston showing up, stuff like that. It, during this pandemic, it, there it's, it's great that happens. Because like I always said, I love to have my Christmas presents on Christmas. I like to watch them happen because those are the moments like for wrestling where you're like, oh my God, I've got to live so many. Uh, honestly, like I remember when Steve Dr. Death Williams showed up in the ECW arena, no music. He literally just started walking out. And as he walked past people, they literally like would turn their shoulders and like they couldn't believe what they saw. Or, you know... Stuff like that is just this genuine human reaction, which we're not seeing with the live audience, but I know people are going nuts for it at home. You look at Edge's return when he returned to the Royal Rumble, literally people were making videos of people filming themselves, of other people watching these reactions of Edge's return. And that's what I love about it. Eric Bischoff, uh, you know, TNT tweeting about it, all that stuff is great for the nostalgia factor. Something that uh, kind of went under the radar was Medusa showing up 
at AEW as well. So maybe this is like the legit Monday Night Wars where uh, we have Bischoff and Medusa. We got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going. Who's next? All in Nash, brother. Yeah, there's a lot to get into. Let's get back to the busted open nation. And speaking of the debate, let's go to Jamie in Virginia. Jamie, what do you want to say about that debate last night? Hey, good morning, fellas. How are y'all doing? Awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> how how can I follow a Dave Lagreca uh, rant like that? I'm, I'm not well, sure yeah, if I can. Yeah, I mean, but Jamie, uh, Jamie, you you understand where I'm coming from, right? Jamie, I, I do. Got him on I honestly do. I mean. Like, like really quick, Jamie, because I want to get to your call, but you understand my frustration. You know, like we 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 love this business. We we love pro wrestling. We're fans. We're invested. It's my life. It's my career. It's what I enjoy. You know, it's what I passed on to my daughter and what I used to do with my dad. So I I, I need that. Oh, the word it could be. You could call it pro wrestling. You could call it sports entertainment. But what needs to bind it? is respect because if the man in charge doesn't have respect for his employees and the creative process and what's going on on people's TVs, then why would people respect it and and be invested in it? That's all I'm saying. Oh, I totally agree with you because I remember when Lawrence Taylor did the whole thing. I, I'm not a big Bam Bam Bigelow fan, but I, I was actually rooting for Bam Bam Bigelow to win. So, so, so I totally get where you're coming from and everything. So, but I totally get it. So, go on with uh, what you want to say about the debate. Oh, what I liked about the Orange Cassidy thing is, you know, his like Tommy Dreamer was talking about because when I first saw Orange Cassidy. I really didn't understand his gimmick as well. But as time has went on, you see he does have passion for the business, and he, he is an actual professional wrestler. We lose and you, he Jamie? actually cares about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And when, when Eric Bischoff asked him the question about uh, the global warming thing, that blew me away. I was like, hold on a second. And, it, and even if you go back and look at the face on Chris Jericho, he was like, hold on a second. What, what's he talking about? And then the, then the final question when he was asking him, you know, about uh, – about who you know, why should he win and everything? And Orange Cassidy was telling him, just like how you were talking about Pat McAfee, you know, how would it look when he if he beats uh, Adam Cole and everything? Like he was saying, how's it going to look when when a guy has his hands in his pockets? How is it going to make you feel, Chris Jericho, when I beat you next week? That's what I liked about the whole debate, and you, you actually finally saw that passion coming out of Orange Cassidy. I agree. I uh, I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy, and and. Excellent analysis on your end, uh, Orange Cassidy. There's there's a lot more to to be seen, and I can't wait for the real world to start again because he's just an over over commodity, and he's just so entertaining, and that's what it's all about, entertainment. Oh, I think we lost uh, Dave for a second. Dave, where are you? Did I take over the show? I'm taking over the show now. All right, now we can talk about real stuff. Yes, no more dreamer rants. Well, let's talk about global warming, just like Orange Cassidy was. I really don't like global warming. Why? Because I'm an overweight man and I get, it's a real thing, boob sweat, under boob sweat. I know we have a sponsor here that talks about it, but that's for your hands. I need something for my bosoms. That's right. I said it. Gabby, do we have the ability to talk to callers? Sure. Do you want me to put somebody up? Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a minute. 
He's back. I was taking I, over the well, show. What the I hell? I mean, I understand you unplugged uh, your bully's clock this morning so you couldn't wake up on time to do the show, but now you're trying to take over my role too? What Are you in with the WWE? I criticized Vince McMahon and all of a sudden now like I'm the bad guy? Are you, Am I going to see you on the bump on Wednesday, Tommy? I, listen, man, I love Vince McMahon. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Vince McMahon supporter. Uh, the guy's done so much for the industry. I uh, don't even get me I started agree. on Vince McMahon. I agree. I love so I loved times. it when Dave, hang on. Seriously. I've I've been wrestling for so long. I've also deal with talent. I deal with talent on, on a different level. And, and there's so many times and it it literally, I'll tell you, there's three people when I have to it just bites at my craw where I'll just be like, damn it, Paulie was right. I'll be like, shit, Vince was right. And then I'd be like, ugh, Bubba was right. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's there's so many different ways to it. And, and I, I get it, man. We're fans. We're so, so passionate for wrestling. We love it and we want things to be better. Uh, there, it's, it's your vision. It's your company. That's what he wants to do. And then if, how do you, Dave LaGreca, who goes off on these rants, yell at when they just had a quarter like they just did. I, I'm it's with all you. About and, and I know I get it, you know, but it, but it doesn't bother you when like you Jackman goes in and knocks out Dolph Ziggler. Like that's supposed that was, to happen in, in a wrestling ring. Okay. But that was so long ago and we've had some amazing moments from it. I'm not saying every, I'm not saying Vince McMahon's the devil. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. I'm not saying that he's a terrible businessman. But I'm just saying it's more about pra- – I'll say this. It's more about praise for Triple H than negativity and criticism on Vince McMahon. Is that Dave, fair? Listen, man, I'm seriously – you have no clue. And I really do wish fans – and we're all – and we criticize because we love. Yes. I'm literally helping write the next two months of Impact Wrestling Television. There's four to five people who do this. I know at times I'm 1,000% correct on this idea, and it doesn't happen, and I hate it. But it's not my company, and it has to be a democracy. And there's you have no clue how hard it is to write eight months of television for just one person. Now try doing it for 50. Now try doing it for a three-hour show then a two-hour show. It is so difficult to do. And I'm telling you, I'm a guy who loves the industry. Literally, like I was up until almost three o'clock in the morning doing all different stuff for this show, for Impact Wrestling. It's, and I'm just a small wheel of the cog. Now, if you own, I'm a, I'm a small cog in the wheel. If you own the company, you have to be in on every single aspect of all of this. And yes, there is good and bad, but you also have these amazing moments that we still do have. So it kind of, but, and then if I Agreed. seriously, I look at, I look at it from the business point of view and then I say, he's right straight up. Hi. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. 
New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Rhea Ripley, Tommy. Rhea Ripley uh, in one of the main events at WrestleMania, probably one of the top two matches next to the Boneyard match with her match with Charlotte at WrestleMania 36. It's been a bit of a decline for Rhea Ripley on NXT. Started off with the match with Dakota Kai. She got a bloodied up nose Yesterday in her match with Dakota Kai, she loses to Dakota Kai and then gets attacked by Mercedes Martinez, part of that Robert Stone firm that I'm absolutely falling in love with on NXT. I think Robert Stone is doing an excellent job on NXT. But a bit of a decline for Rhea Ripley. So, Tommy, let me ask you, what's happening right now with Rhea Ripley? I don't know. I don't know if she was injured. I don't know uh, what happened. But yeah, man, there was definitely, uh, if it was a stock, the stock has fallen. And I don't think it was anything that she particular did. Uh, if you listen to a lot of her past, and which was a big part of her story about basically being told, hey, if you don't step up, you're out. I think she did step up. I don't know. But I think that's a stock that can quickly rise. But yeah, she has, since WrestleMania, not been the main focus, not uh, answered the call, and has nothing to do with her matches. There's just, I don't know. It, to me, I either look at it where that's a behind the scenes where somebody disbelieved in her or she did something, because um, that sometimes happens. But no clue because I looked at her as like the future of WWE. And then all of a sudden it just was like, where did it all go? Yeah. And, and, and this is kind of like the conspiracy theorists and like myself as a fan in the 11 years that we have been on the air, like, especially during the heart of the John Cena reign and the PG era with the WWE. We've had a lot of callers call in and say, you know what? Boy, Wade Barrett losing to John Cena on Raw. This is his stock is going to fall. Damian Sandow, you know, losing, you know, that money in the bank briefcase to John Cena. This is where Damian Sandow is going to fall. Boy, Rusev losing to John Cena at WrestleMania 31. This is where his stock's going to fall. Boy, Bray Wyatt losing to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. This is where his stock's going to fall. And I would always kind of like try to stick my finger in the hole and say, no, 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 we're, we're okay. This is, we're fine. But then you saw the stock of Damian Sandow crash and Bray Wyatt crash and Rusev crash. And some of those wrestlers never able to recover. Tommy, you know how much, and anyone that listens to this show knows how much I love Charlotte Flair. But a lot of people perceive Charlotte Flair almost like a John Cena, meaning like when you lose to Charlotte, that you, you fall down that rungs on those ladder. Listen, it happened to Asuka. Amazing match, Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair beats Asuka at WrestleMania. Undefeated streak is now broken. And, you know, I remember taking those phone calls from people saying, oh, this is going to, Asuka's falling off. This is, this is the end of Asuka. Come on, guys. No, it's not. No, it's not. But it took a couple of years for Asuka to get back to where she was. 
I took a lot of phone calls, Tommy, from people saying, wow, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley should have beat Charlotte. This is the decline of Rhea Ripley. No, what are you talking about? She just faced Charlotte at WrestleMania. How can you say she's on the decline? But the stock has now crashed. So I'm just a little worried about the trajectory of where Rhea Ripley is going now. Because since that loss to Charlotte, you would have to admit her stock has crashed. It's so funny that we're having this conversation because the conversation we had maybe, what, one or two segments ago was the veterans beating the younger talent and how it's great for the younger talent in the Darby Allen and the Orange Cassidy and the list goes on and on. Because, and like I say this before, it's different management styles, different teams, though it's all professional wrestling, different ownership, different creative. All the things that you have mentioned are pretty damn correct. And, but if you look at what AEW does, they keep people alive or keep people giving them hope. Mm-hmm. Though they are new, and like I said, it is hard booking all these TVs nonstop. But yeah, man, there's there has to be something that somebody saw or didn't see in her. And also, you know, another Dave, no fans or could be ratings. There's there's so many different aspects that you have to look at. If we look at you could have the greatest wrestler that the Internet loves. And I'm not saying this is true, but like I get a lot of this research now, you know, and. It's, well, here are the ratings, and the ratings aren't a certain spot that they want them to be when a wrestler performs there. Again, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying there could be so many different things. But, yes, it's almost like after she lost, there was nothing for her. And, you know, here was a woman who totally dominated every brand going into that main event of WrestleMania – Maybe the absence of no fans. Who knows? Because it was kind of like also a groundswell movement that we have seen with the Daniel Bryans or the Kofi Kingstons of this amazing fan support. Without those fans out there, that also gives, if she has some of these detractors against her, gives them a bigger voice to be like, "Mm, maybe she's not the person. Mm -hmm. So it's you have no clue. And I know we've had different you know, guests talk about it. I, you know, me doing the house of hardcore podcast. I just, I have Zach Ryder on it. I'm, I'm doing another thing with hurricane. There's, there's so many different moments where you could just be like, maybe this was it. This is what happened or they didn't believe in me anymore, but it's just, it's so weird, dude. And you just got to keep on plugging away. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.